Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chicks No Ship podcast. Today, we are, I am interviewing a a listener of the podcast who, somebody who wrote to me and told me how much she loved her podcast and how much she's gotten from it. So, and she also has a pretty cool story. So I am happy to share with you Kelly Birmingham, who had a former career in education, who is now turned entrepreneur and is founder of a mentorship program for moms. She is the creator of the stressed mom syndrome syndrome system <laughs> uh, and on a mission to help busy stressed moms create simple systems to stress less, find joy and enjoy the mother, her journey more. So welcome Kelly. I'm so happy to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I have been listening to your podcast for a couple of years now and it's been just amazing. Cool. So when you wrote to me, you talked about honoring your soul, listening to your intuition and that giving you the clarity that you needed to go do the thing that you wanted to do. And I really wanted to share your story because I think there are so many of us out there who have this like little soul inkling about something, but we're not listening. We're too afraid to listen. We don't trust it. And you have successfully done that. So tell us a little bit about kind of where you were in terms of your former career and how you got, like, what was the impetus for you to really make the change? Well, so my former career was supporting career and technical education teachers in our local school district, along with being part of our counseling system. So helping students find their way, right? That's, and I'm very passionate about that. And I loved my career in education. I think it really gave me an insight into maybe like how I ended up where I was and how I could help implement some change for others along the way. And part of working in education was that then I had the same breaks as my son, right? We, nice. we, we have reasons for things. So I only have one child and he is now 30. And one of the things that really led me to even thinking about like what's next for me is, and I think your podcast has been instrumental in helping me figure this out is we become moms and that's our identity. Yeah we become moms and we live, I mean, there's a, you know, 24 seven, that's what we are. And I think it's really easy to lose the other pieces of ourselves along that journey. Yeah. So what happened for me is when my son went off to college and then graduated and he, he was on his own, that's what we want for our kids to be successful human beings. Yeah. I started to like, what's next for me? And I laugh about this, but you can only mother your spouse for so long before they get irritated. <laughs> and so my husband was reminding me that he had a mother. I did not need to be that for him. And luckily for me, I had 35 other people at work who didn't mind being mothered and, and coming to me for support. Right. But I just felt like something was missing. And I started side gig in direct sales, thinking maybe that will feel, feel something. And I love being able to help others, but it's still, there's that, just that piece that something's missing. And 
For me, that's when I started listening to podcasts while I was walking my dog. And that's when I stumbled across your podcast. And it got me thinking like, life is only like half over. I plan to live to be a hundred years old. So like, <laughs> me too. I still have half of it to live. And so I just kept thinking and listening. And so sometimes I listen to podcasts when I walk. Sometimes I don't because I just, that's when my mind starts to swirl. That's when I listen to myself. And our family experienced quite a bit of loss in a two-year period of time. So we lost my nephew, who was only 30. We um, suffered a house fire and had to totally rebuild our house. My son was the victim of a hit and run while he was walking and was in the hospital. Luckily, he's fine. My niece, her house burnt down. We lost my father-in-law. And then we did, we lost my niece. Like it was just this huge, like two year of repeated loss. And it wasn't until we lost my niece that somehow I woke up and I started Mm -hmm. to think life is too short. We do not know if we are promised a tomorrow. None of us, none of us. And I started to think I was running myself ragged at work. I shouldn't say running myself ragged. I was working a 40 hour a week job. I had changed directors. So I essentially was running the department with my 20 years of knowledge, just not getting the pay. I was working my side job. So I was working, working, working for what? For what Mm. is what I stopped to think about. And then, you know, I was told, oh, if you finish, if you get your degree, perhaps you could move up in the school district. So I did. I finished my college degree at 49 years old. But again, I was like, for what? To keep working all these hours to live in a a fancy house and drive fancy cars. I mean, I loved my house. I loved, we always have used cars. They get me from point A to point B where we live a simple life. And I started to think that life is too short to just keep working to impress other people. Mm. And that's when I decided, I told my husband, like, I just want to quit my job. I want to pick up. I want to move to be closer to our son, which means then moving my parents with us. So we're not crossing the mountain pass in the middle of winter. And we did it. We, wow. we sold our homes. We picked up. We moved east of the mountains. We all get to do whatever we want every day. And I thought, if I'm this stressed at my age, with like if I look back and think, you know, working, getting up, getting ready, going to work, doing this, taking care of the house, if that was causing me some stress and my kid was grown and then I like look at my niece and I still don't know all the details, but I started to pay attention to how many moms on social media were talking about being stressed. Mm. We're talking about being, I hate this term, a hot mess. Like we're we're not hot mess, right? Mm. We're just surviving. So once I started One, I listened to myself about what did I want? I wanted to quit. I wanted to get off the hamster wheel of life. And then two, I started to pay attention to what is happening to these young moms out there. Mm -hmm. And I think social media has a huge part to play in that. They think they need to live up to some Pinterest ideal or what they think is the norm. And that's what really led me to create um, the motherhood and this course to try and help moms be present in today with their kids. Because like I said, none of us are promised tomorrow. No. And that's so true. And I was, as you were talking, I was thinking back to 
you know, like my earlier days of motherhood, you know, like when my kid was like maybe below 10 or whatever. And I was so stressed all the time and worried about like, am I doing a good job? Am I doing the right thing? Am I screwing up my kid? Right. Plus, uh, you know, I was working and everything, but like the amount of stress, like, especially if you're, you know, a working mom working out of the house and then you're worried about your kid at daycare and you're, you know, it's a lot. Like we hold a lot. We yeah. really do. Yeah. We don't give ourselves enough credit for it. If you ask me. <laughs> You know, I do look back on that. Like I asked my son when he graduated high school, but went off to college, I said, was I a good mom? Like I wanted to know, I thought I was. And he said, yeah, but he said, you yell a lot. (laughs) You yelled a lot. And I I think that's part of stress of feeling like we, and most of my yelling, I think was because we needed to be somewhere on time, right? I don't like to be late, we needed to be daycare or work or school or baseball game, wherever it was. Yeah. And I, I just, that time with your kids goes so fast. And that's one of the things I look back, there's some regrets I look back on and I have some regrets and I want to help other moms avoid those if at all possible. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I always said, like around sometime around the time my daughter like turned 10 or 12, I was like, okay, I'm just going to resign myself to the fact that I'm going to give my daughter some baggage, but my job (laughs) is to make it small and portable. So like no big suitcases, no big trunks. I'm like, I'm going to hand you some baggage because my mother handed it to me and her mother handed it to her. That's just the way it rolls. Right. And so it would be like, okay, here's my baggage and it's small. You can carry it with you. (laughs) And to this day, like we were laughing about it, actually, she's 28 now. And we were laughing about it the other day. And she's like, yeah, you're right. You did give me some baggage, but it's totally manageable. (laughs) So I'm like, job done. Yay. I'm a good mom. But before we talk more about your work, I want to jump into a little bit more about your journey, because I think that, first of all, I think the work that you're doing is so incredibly important because helping women stay present with their kids and in their lives, like it's so, so important. I, I can't even find the word for it, but let's go back to your journey for a second. So, you know, you have this realization. So about life being short, and there's usually something that happens in our life that kind of wakes us up to the fact that like, I'm on the treadmill, I'm doing the thing, I'm kind of living my life unconsciously, right? Like day in, day out. And you have this like inkling, like, do you immediately trust that? Like, what did that look like for you? What kind of, what was the internal struggle? Yeah, good question. No, I think it's easy to just push it down and think, oh, that's a crazy thought. That's just a crazy thought. I tend to be one of those people that if something happens once or I hear it once, I listen. And then if I hear it like three times and usually three times within a week, like it has to be a short amount of time for me, I stop and pay attention. Mm. So if the word simple, like if somebody talks about slowing down and living a simpler lifestyle, if I hear that once, I'm like, okay, that sounds good. But if then I um, get my date looking through my email, there's multiple messages that come through in either people's emails or affirmations that talk about slowing down. Then I'm like, okay, that's the third, you know, that's the second time. And then if it happens one more time, like it could be something I'm reading, it could be, you know, something on TV. If it's the same message three times consistently in a week, I stop and pay attention. Mm. And that seems to be because I don't think we trust ourselves. We don't. And I it's easy to say, "Ooh, that sounds like a good idea. But who am I to do that? And I I'm just listening to your podcast yesterday and Haley was talking about imposter syndrome. So I got to go back and find that episode, too. But it is we we think who are we? Yeah. Right. Who am I to think I could do that? Who am I to quit a full time job that's paying me really well? Who? 
Yeah. I mean, that, and I think for me, that's the message that I kept playing in my head. And so I just kept doing the same thing over and over and over. Sounds good, but not for me. Sounds good, but not for me. Yeah. Well, because it goes against the grain of everything that we've been taught like, you know, in our lives, right? Like, you know, go to school, get a good job. And then you stay with that job till the day you die or you get your retirement or whatever it is. And so the idea of opting out to do something that, so the outside world could be like, you're crazy, right? But inside you kind of know, feels very, very risky. And so of course, when we have the outside world telling us, no, 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 go back to, and even inside of us, go back to what you know, go back to what's safe, Right. And but it's like you said, there is no such thing as safety. There is no such thing as security because anything can happen. Right. And so what's interesting to me is you're definitely I think generation wise, we come from that culture where you you go to school, you get a job, you stay there forever. Right. Because back then people and they invested in your your retirement, your 401k, whatever. And I think we even as adults can squash the dreams of young kids right now. I mean, I watched it in education where kids said, well, I'm going to be a YouTuber, a YouTuber. You can't make any money on YouTube because it's not what we know. And so I think it's listening enough to yourself. Like, why does the message keep coming up? Mm. And I think that's big. And I mean, I had to do a lot of soul searching. I had to like start learning how to meditate And coming from, you know, I was the kid that everybody said, could you please just slow down? I talked way too fast. And so it it has been a struggle for me to learn how to quiet my mind. But for my own sanity, like I literally started, I can tell you the day it started, started to experience hives on my body, which lasted probably a good five years or so. And it was in trying to figure out what was causing those hives when I finally made this decision to leave my full-time job and live a simpler lifestyle that they went away. And I truly to this day think it was stress and think our bodies are smart, right? Our souls are smart. Our bodies are smart. They're going to keep giving you the message until you listen to it, until you listen to it. And so for me, once I finally decided, like, I can't keep living the way I'm living like just feeling stressed, the emotion, you know, having stress manifest itself as outward hives. Once I finally made that decision to just like, let's try it. It doesn't have to be forever. Right. Like my soul is telling me this is the next step. I'm totally confident in myself. If I was going to lose my house, I could go out and find a job, like a 40 hour a week job that somebody's going to pay me a good salary to do. So I think once I realized that, Mm. that my abilities that are always going to get me through, they always have. So why not? What do I got to lose? Right? What do I have to lose? That's finally, I got to a point where I said, what do I have to lose besides my sanity and my health? That's Mm, what I was losing. That is is so good. Like you said several amazing things there. And the first thing I want to touch on is, you know, just like we've talked about before, like I've talked about this podcast so many times, you probably heard it. Like our bodies are so freaking smart. And when we become misaligned with like the truth of who we are, we're going against the grain of something, our body is going to stop us. Right. And we chalk it up to all manner of things outside of ourselves. And it's literally us. I mean, it was the exact same experience for me. Right. Except for I had to get like a really big brick in the head (laughs) to get the message because I'm like that. 
And, you know, that voice, that, that, that tiny little voice that's always kind of there going, you know, is this it? What, what's next? What's next? Right? Like, that's the thing. Like, if we just stop for a second and you said this, like, learn to quiet your mind to like, listen to tune in and listen, because, you know, we dismiss it out of hand. We don't even give it a chance to hear what it really has to say. We just dismiss it when like, if we tune in and we actually say, oh, hey, what are you trying to tell me? All of a sudden, like ideas come, you know, your intuition kicks in, like whatever it is, but there is always, always, always a message. And I cannot stress that enough because of all the women I interview on this podcast, it always comes down to that. Like our bodies are talking to us and we are not listening. Right. And for me, like that starting to listen was like I said, starting to listen to podcasts. Mm. So like hearing your message and hearing you talk about how you physically, like you were in bed, like you were that your body just said, stop, stop, literally stop. Um, Yeah. And then like hearing people, you know, I listened to a lot of different podcasts and it seemed to be, I, I migrated towards midlife women like yourself, Brene Brown. Yeah. Um, The message was very clear. The message was very clear is like, you have got to find a way to listen to what your soul is saying. And for me, meditating, like it's not just sitting there, you know, doing nothing half the time. It's, it's that walk, it's getting outside, it's pulling weeds, whatever it's doing, but you have to be able to listen. And then I think it's also one of the things that was pivotal for me was finding other women who had done what I was thinking of doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And having that confidence in yourself that if I fall down, I can pick myself up and try something different. Oh, yeah, that is so good because that was literally my experience as well, too. I was like, okay, there has to be other women who have done things out there. Let me go find them. And that was the whole reason why I started this podcast is because I wanted to share stories like yours. Like I wanted women to see that, like, you're not sitting in this alone. There are other women who have had the same experience and who are navigating it, maybe just behind you, maybe just in front of you, but we're all doing it together. Right. And it's because it can feel like a very lonely journey and people will look at you like you've like lost your marbles. Right. Right. You just gave up how much money to do what? Like, yeah, I had people say that to me. Oh, I've had people say it to me and it's like, it's, it's money. It's like money. And I, I think for me, I say it's just money, but as long as I have enough money to live the life I comfortably want to live, you know, we have food on our table, we have heat, we have power. My dog has dog food. I mean, we were simple people, but we were trying to earn money to please somebody to live up to societal standards. And I think that's what it is, right? It's society puts standards on us from a young age, go to Mm -hmm. school, go to college, get a job. And at some point, we have to stop and ask ourselves, what do we want? Yeah. Such an important question, because the other thing is, I think we have not given ourselves permission to want what we want, right? Right. So it's like, I want this thing, but oh, I can't have it. Or, oh, it's impossible. Or, you know, again, what will so-and-so think about me? I mean, I remember my own father was like, you know, are you sure that this is the right? Are you sure? And in his very kind way, he was just trying to say, you know, be safe, like, and out of love. But I was like, I I don't need to hear it. Like, literally, I don't need to hear it. I'm doing what I feel is right. And it turned out to be the most the best thing I've ever done, but like giving ourselves permission to hear that voice and then first to listen and hear that voice and then giving ourselves permission to then like take a step towards it. Like, what did that look like for you? Like, what was that journey, you know, into entrepreneurship like for for you? Well, I think I'll say this. I think it was easier probably for me 
when I stepped away from a full-time job, because I did have my direct sales business that was bringing in decent money every month. So even though we were used to double that because we had my salary plus my direct sales income, I still felt like I was contributing to my family because I had income coming in. And in all honesty, Jennifer, like I didn't make that jump to entrepreneurship until I had like been outside of my full-time job for about a year. And it my direct sales business just wasn't fulfilling me. Like I would, there was still something missing. So I invested in a personal, like a coach. I invested in somebody who could help me work through the thoughts that were swirling in my head and help me validate that. And it here's another thing, right? The same thing comes up multiple times that people kept asking, if you could talk about one thing for 20 minutes, what would that be? And the thing that kept coming up for me was like, I just want to grab moms, young moms and be like, do stop, like stop the madness. Enjoy this journey because it's only 18 years that you actually have your child with you, like that you help shape and mold who they are. And that's when I was like, this is what I have to talk about. I don't even care if I make any money at it. Like this is the message I have to get out there. And especially you know, part of that education piece for me was like to help those moms also understand how to create a generation that doesn't end up in the same hole. So how do we, if I can help change the generation behind me, how is that going to change generations to come? That is so powerful. Talk about a legacy, right? Well, here's the thing, right? Like, I know this to be true for me, and I know this to be true for a lot of other women that I have interviewed uh, on this podcast and like clients and things like that. Like what our souls are calling us towards, you know, for the most part, and I would almost say every, there is something bigger than us, right? It's like we as women, we've lived, and you kind of alluded to this a bit at the beginning, we've lived these kind of little bit small lives, right? Like we're very family focused, we're focused on our kids. And all of a sudden we get this calling to something that is so so much larger that is outside of ourselves. Like you just talked about, about changing the paradigm of how, how moms show up for their kids, right? We're being called to something much bigger outside of ourselves. And that feels really, really scary. But at the same time, it's also super powerful because we're feeling so called to this message that this thing, we will take chances. We will take risks. We will step outside of ourselves because the mission is just bigger than us. If it was just about us, we would just be like, like you said, you'd still be at home mothering your father, your husband, right? Yeah. (laughs) But having that bigger purpose pulling you towards something is, is so powerful. And like I said, I see it all the time. Right. And there's a, there's actually a term in the psychological development called generativity. Um, I think it was Carl Jung that came up with it. And it talks about this stage of life and the whole concept of generativity is wanting to create something outside of yourself, wanting to leave a legacy, wanting to impact the world. And absolutely, that's what it is. We're, we're focused on our families for the first part. And the second part is like, okay, nobody needs me anymore. How, what can I go and do that like fills me up and also has an impact? Yeah, definitely. And, and so for me, that jump was like, like I said, working with coach who could help me kind of get really clear on that message. And then, and all, I was going to launch my course in January and then the self-doubt crept back in, right? Who am I? Imposter syndrome. Who am I to put this course out there? Who's going to want it? Who's, and then I had to do some more soul searching that the right people will find it. It's not for everybody, 
but the right people will find it. And if I can just impact one, one person, just one person, then it will be making a difference. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, even along my own journey, do you know how many times I was like, I quit, that's it. I'm just going to go get a job. And then I go, uh, no, no, you won't. You're not going to quit. You're not going to go get a job. In fact, early on in my, in my journey, I did, I was actually like, okay, I need to just go get a job. And I got a job and like four months into it, I was like, oh God, what did I do? <laughs> right. That is funny because I still have the LinkedIn and the indeed messages come to my inbox every day. Here's some careers that are a good match for you. And I don't look at them, but I, it's, I think it's comforting for me to, to know and have that I have confidence in myself that if I needed to go out and get a job to support my family, I could do it and I would, but I continue to surround myself with women who are going for it. Women who are not afraid to try something and fail and, and tweak it. Right. It's, I feel like it's kind of what we do in motherhood. Our kid changes, right? We, right. I always say they'll let anybody adopt. They, they'll let anybody have a child but you have to go through a lot of hurdles to adopt a dog from a shelter. So I'm like, but anybody can have a kid and there's no manual for that. We learn as we go. And so I think of entrepreneurship as it's kind of like having another baby. Like, how do you nurture it? How do you help it grow? How do you give it what it needs in the beginning? And then once it starts to grow and change, like, how are you going to adjust to keep moving forward? And maybe what we start with when we first like start something isn't what it's going to look like in the end. And that's okay. I mean, what would the world look like if our baby was the same as at 30 years old as they were at a day old? And so I think it's that realization too, is that we can't be afraid of failing and who I think it was yesterday on your podcast that you guys talked about somebody's dad asked her every day when she got home from school, what did she fail at? Yeah. And I was like, wow, what if his parents, that was the norm. I know. Right. And then she, she knew she had to try something because she didn't want to disappoint her dad. And what if that was the thought of disappointment, right? I have to try something, even if I fail at it, just to say that I've tried it. And so that's kind of how I'm looking at this entrepreneurship venture is I'm trying it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep believing in myself and keep tweaking it and the right people will find what I have to offer. Yeah. That was Sarah Blakely, you know, founder of Spanx and look, oh, how, yeah, that, yeah. look yeah. how that turned out. Right. And I, when I heard her say that, I was like, oh, it literally tweaked something in me as well too. I was like, wow, what a perspective, right? Because we, again, we're brought up to be like, be safe, you know, do only what you know to do. Like don't take too many risks and like, it keeps us small. Yeah. Yeah. The way that you've approached this journey, like even this whole idea of failure and knowing that like, okay, I have a safety net. I can go back to, I I have enough confidence that I can go get a job, even though I know I don't want to, and I know I'm not going to, right? Like having that safety net, I think is important. And we don't, we shouldn't make ourselves wrong for that, right? Like I did the same thing. Like I wouldn't, at the beginning, I didn't post anything on LinkedIn at all because I was like, I just want to. Like if I need to, if this whole thing crashes and burns, right, I could just go back into LinkedIn and picked up where I left off and nobody would know that I even tried anything. And then it was after about six months, I was like, what am I doing? No, this is not the way it's going to go. Right. And then it was like, but you're right. There was this whole imposter syndrome. What are people going to think? So the way I think that you're looking at it, like in terms of 
you know, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to keep evolving and growing with it, just like you do as a mother, right? Like it's part of our own development, yeah. right? Entrepreneurship is the best self-development program there is. Yeah. I don't think we ever get over that. What are other people going to think of me? Yeah. Right. Like you said, your dad was like, are you sure? I mean, there's always those people who are like, well, how's it going? How many, you know, and I think they want to measure your success by traditional Mm. means. Yes. And I think we have to find a way to believe in ourselves enough that what we the message or what we're trying to do is valuable. And it's worth the effort. Yeah. And to that point as well, too, it might not be about how much money you make or how many likes you have or how many followers you have. But if you have a sense of uh, fulfillment, if you feel like you are living a life that is true and authentic to who you are and what you value, there is no monetary (laughs) attachment to that. And, you know, having said that, of course, we all need money, right? Like, and, and there are ways like for anyone listening, like, there are ways that you can fill your own tank, maybe while you still have your day job, right? Or maybe you have a part-time job, right? But then on the other side of it, you're doing something else that maybe it doesn't pay. Maybe it's just a hobby, but it fills you up. The point mm-hmm. is, is that we are not living from a sense of duty and obligation to our families or to our jobs or whatever it is, is that we are living in a way that is true and authentic to us, right? Because that's what this time of our life is all about. Right. Right. And I think when we do that, we're actually better for the people that are around us. hundred percent. We're better. And we can help. I think when we see the value in ourselves and what we can contribute, especially at this point in our life, exactly what your podcast is doing for other midlife women, it's helping them hear that message is life's not over. Yeah. Life, life's not over. Yeah. Uh, a stage in our life might have come to not even an end because you're always a mom, right? Like it's, I always tell people your relationship with your child will change and evolve and it will have great points to it as well. But it's almost like your podcast and other podcasts from women of this midlife age have really helped me see that there is more, that there's more to life. And I have a message that could be valuable and, and I can keep contributing in a way that extends beyond money. Yeah. Because when we talk about leaving a legacy, I, this is what comes to mind for me. And I think this is what's been ingrained is we leave a legacy of money. We leave an endowment to a college or we leave our kids life insurance, or we, we leave a 501 C3 something. I don't, always see that legacy as having to be a monetary thing. If we leave the world a better place, that's what I've always said, right? When we raise our children, our hope is that they are a contributing member of society and a good human being. That's the legacy we leave. And so this journey of my life is to hopefully help leave more generations of well-adjusted people. That's so true because, you know, I think for us, like women in our generation, like we are definitely not the same women that our mothers and our grandmothers were, right? Like we didn't have the role models to show us what's possible, you know, in our 50s, 60s, and 70s because women were largely, well, first of all, women weren't even allowed to see the table when they were younger, let alone, you know, women as they age were even pushed farther out to, to pasture. So it was a lot of sitting around waiting for grandkids to visit. 
right? Mm-hmm. And now we as a generation, as we step into our power, as we like follow our joy and, you know, do all of that, like we're leaving a legacy for our daughters. Like my daughter has said to me numerous times now, I cannot wait to see what I'm going to do when I'm 50 or 60. And I was like, I, that never, ever once entered my head growing up. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, we dream about, you know, from our, when we were kids about like who we're going to marry, how many kids we're going to have, what house we're going to live in, what job we're going to do. And it kind of ends when we stop becoming mothers. Like we don't dream about the next part of our lives. Right. And so when I hear my daughter say things like that, and hopefully there are other women who are, whose daughters are saying the same thing, right? Like we're creating a whole different way of viewing what it means to be in your fifties and sixties and, and beyond. Right. And I, I mean, I don't have a daughter, so it's like I have to be a role model for that, you know, that next generation myself. But I can tell you that what did happen for me is my son's coworker set him up with her friend because she knew me. And she said, if your mom is a strong woman, I know that you can, you know how to handle a strong woman. And I think you'd be a good fit for this person. And so my son married a very strong, passionate, outspoken woman. And I think had I not woken up, like, so even that can be like, if you're a mom of a boy, like you still can be that role model and say that this, this is what you can expect. Like, don't, don't expect somebody to just sit back and not have ideas and have goals and dreams. And I think that's important too. But I think, I hope, I hope that society is changing. I hope that we are starting to wake up to the fact that life doesn't end when we, I mean, retirement age is what, 65, 67 now, but why wait so long? Yeah. And that's, I think my message to women, like why wait, why wait, live the life that you want to live right now. Yeah. Because like you said, life is so short, like, and you don't realize that like when you're on autopilot going through the motions of your life, you don't realize until something happens. And, you know, like for me, my mother passed away at the age that I am now. Right. And I, I think about that all the time. I'm like, she didn't know that, you know, (laughs) these next years were not going to be offered to her. She had no idea. Right. And so that was really like, very instrumental for me in saying like, I need to make the most of every day. I need to do what makes me happy. I need to honor like my soul's voice, like, you know, who I am as a person. And I think, you know, even like, even like you just said, even if you don't have a daughter like directly, like we're still changing the paradigm because every woman who steps into her power at this time of life, who goes against the cultural narrative is collectively, we are all shifting it. Yeah. Right. And so people will come to this next chapter of life with, hmm, what am I going to do now? Like the door, like the world is my oyster. Right. As opposed to, you know, now I just sit around waiting in a rocking chair, waiting for my grandkids to come over. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm still waiting for grandkids. And so I would be, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, if there's something in your soul that keeps coming up for you, I mean, this is the message I guess I would have for your listeners is pay attention if it's the same message that keeps coming up, explore it, yeah. explore it. Like you yeah. said, even if it's something you start while you're, you're currently working and you're not just going to quit your job, but don't keep quieting that voice. Yeah. Explore it, try it. And if it doesn't succeed, then do, I mean, it's what we tell our kids, try and try again, mm-hmm. get up, dust yourself off and keep trying. Um, Cause I, I feel like there's so much that we've experienced and we have grown from that we can share with each other and and future generations. 
hundred percent, like so much like life experience, knowledge, wisdom, like all of that, that we like, that's part of the gift that we're now sharing with the world, right? Like we've lived Mm -hmm. it. Right. And even, you know, the other thing that I would add to what you just said is like, in my case, like I knew there was something else, but I had no idea what it was. And I like anybody who knows my story was forced into the place of stillness where I had no choice, but to listen, it was literally the only thing I could do. Right. And it was like, you know, spending time in quiet, going for a walk, like being in nature, like those things for me were the things. And I would take my journal with me everywhere. And I would just write down sometimes like the most random of thoughts, right. Or an idea would come up and I would literally just put it down and then close the book and forget about it. But doing that enough, you start to be able to thread pieces together and go, oh, interesting, which is what kind of led me to writing, first of all. And I had never really written anything before other than like a, you know, a corporate strategy deck or something like that. Right. But like, we, we just have to listen long enough, right? Like it's not a, oh, I'm going to sit down for five minutes today and an idea is going to pop into my head. It's about constantly tuning in, like constantly getting in the habit of just tuning back in, tuning back in. What do yep. simply asking, what do I need today? Right. Yep. And honoring that particular thing. So it is a practice like, you know, I, you know, I have my five, five steps to get unstuck. And the number one is it just to be with yourself. And, you know, that sounds easy. It's one step on a piece of paper. It's a practice over time, right? Correct. And the sooner we can start honoring that voice, just like you did, like the sooner the answers will come because they're inside us. They're not living anywhere outside. They're not within, you know, any book or anything. They're all inside us. Yeah. And I think that's an important message too, because like I said, it, for me, it started listening to podcasts while I was walking my dog or we're multitaskers as women. Right. And so we always think if we can be doing two things at once, it's better. But at some point you just have to yeah. become okay with just listening and doing so if, if, and like I said, for me, it started, then it, I morphed into walking and just listening to myself. Mm-hmm. I tried the practice of meditation, which it says it's not always easy for me. It can be as easy as just listening when you're pulling some weeds or turn off the radio when you're driving in your car. Yeah. Like we do not always have to be multitasking. No, and we need yeah. to learn to quiet our minds. Yeah. And for me, like I've discovered over time that I'm like, I'm a very movement centered person. So I like having an audio book while I'm walking, like I will pick up things that I would, if I was sitting in a chair, listening to an audio book, it wouldn't be the same thing. And so finding that thing that works for you. And that's actually quite meditative for me, right? Like while I'm moving or like if I'm chopping vegetables or driving even, right? Like sometimes I will listen to a podcast while I'm driving and something about the movement, (laughs) the way my brain works. Right. So it's experimenting with all of those things, but it's about, you know, and like you said, listening started for you outside of yourself and then listening turned into, you know, going inside of yourself. But I think we're, for most of us, we are so busy in our day-to-day lives and we're constantly fielding a billion pieces of information that we're not actually listening to other, we're not even listening to each other for the most part, right? We're, you know, we're like, get this done, move on to the next thing. So even just like, you know, building that listening muscle first to hear other people, to hear, like you said, podcasts, and then to hear, be able to hear ourselves. Cause I think it's, I honestly think listening is a lost art. Yep. Says she who listens to, (laughs) listens to podcasts and (laughs) runs a podcast. Yeah. So let's go back to your work for a second, because I think 
I actually think the work that you're doing in terms of like helping busy moms to get, get present is actually partially solving the issue that most of us midlife women have. Like when we, our kids leave and all of a sudden we're like, there's a big void there. And that's usually where the part where people start feeling really stuck. So like, as we are learning to like tune in and be present throughout the journey of our children, right. It actually gives us space to be able to tune into ourselves. So we don't end up kind of hitting that brick wall when they end, when they leave. Right. Yeah. Because I think we hear the message as be involved in your kid's life, be involved in your kid's life, be involved in your kid's life. But then they go, they turn 18 and they leave. And if that's all you've done, if all of your connections and your friends are through your kids, it can become very lonely in adulthood. Or if you have not, I think this is a big one too, is if you don't take time to take care of your own body, while you're raising kids, you're going to get to a point in your life where you're very unhealthy. And like, I think for you and I, we both experienced it. It presents itself in different ways in different Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my work is to, I want to help moms like really listen to themselves, what's important to them, be present in the lives of the people that matter to them while they're there. And I mean, think about it. If you could If there were a way that you could be present in your kid's life and then you could have a career once they're out of the home, if we could flop the way society is, right? Go to work, raise kids all at the same time and then retire and be by yourself. If we could figure out a way to have all those aspects in one time, like be present in our kid's life, take care of ourselves, be earning some money, be growing. I don't think we would end up at these yeah. Dead end roads that we end up on. So if there is a mom listening who's in the midst, because I mean, it's not unusual these days to have younger kids when you're in your 40s and 50s. What's like the one thing or the one or two pieces of advice that you'd give to that busy, stressed out mom right now? I think the number one tip is you have to get really clear on what what are your priorities? What are your values? I think that is the one place where we can really start to experience stress and burnout is because we're saying one thing and we're living another way. So we're saying our family is our top priority, but we're putting all of our time and effort into our career. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really like take some time, get really clear on what your values are right now in this point in time, because values can change, right? Your priorities can, shouldn't say about your priorities can change. And so I think it's just getting really clear on what are your priorities right now in this point in time and how can you simplify the daily parts of your life to to be more in line with those priorities. I look back, I mean, I used to spend every Saturday cleaning my house from top to bottom. And that was the one day I could have been spending more time with my son. And I look back and I'm like, nobody cared. Nobody cared that there wasn't dust on the hutch. Like who, who cared? And so I think, you know, what I think when we align what we're doing with our priorities at the time. Right. That, that can really help just simplify things right there. So as the busy mom who has a career and she's feeling maybe, you know, she's this was this was classic me be at work worrying about at home and be at home worrying about work. <laughs> Right. Like, so never, I never had my brain in the place where I was like, it was never with me. Right. Because I was thinking about, you know, when I'm with my kid, I'm thinking about all the things I should be doing for work and vice versa. Right. How, how do you counsel women to manage through that? 
Uh, well, one of the things that I started doing that really worked for me, and this actually, um, so at the end of my day at work, I would take like the last 15 minutes of the day, I would write out like, what do I need to get done tomorrow at work, straighten up my desk, put things away, kind of organize so that when I left work, I felt that I was ready for the next day. Right. So I could leave work at work. And it was actually one of, it was our deputy superintendent of our school district who said that one of the best things you can do for your family is not bring your work home. Yes. So don't walk in the door and start complaining about how your day went at work, like leave it there. So really try to find time at work to set yourself up for success for the next day so that when you leave, you're not so stressed about it. And then same thing happens at home, right? Like if there's anything you can do the night before to have, you know, make ahead oats or, you know, meal planning so that you know that when you come home, your meal's ready to go and you can spend time as a family. I think for me, that was one of the biggest things is learning to set myself up for success for the next day in that area of my life. Yeah. And then the pandemic came along and threw all of that into <laughs> where you were like, you know, working at home, being at home with your kids. I know, and yeah, I know, I know. I, I don't know how many times I, you know, would be talking to people who had small kids at home. And I was like, I don't know. I just don't know how you do it. Like talk about stress and like, you know, as busy moms, like now having to do your job while you're, <laughs> while your kid is in the room with you. Right. Or, you know, you're yeah. trying to manage their schoolwork. Like, yeah, I, I don't I can't even imagine what that was like for for parents to be working from home and raising children. My hope when the pandemic first started was that it would be a wake up call for families to realize that we have been running at a pace that we cannot sustain yeah. and that we need to slow down and get back to what's really mm-hmm. important. Yeah, I think that hopefully was the message that a lot of people got out of. <laughs> the time that we had. And I think a lot of people did actually, because I know, like, I know many, many people who have really shifted priorities on things um, as a result of that. So if there was anything good to come out of the pandemic, (laughs) that was it. But I think what it also highlighted is the burden on women, right? Because not only are you working, making the meals and responsible for homeschooling, right? And somewhere in there, you got to fit in your own priorities, health, like finding time for yourself, like women are way overburdened. And hopefully maybe that now that we've shed some light on that one, (laughs) that maybe there's a little bit more even distribution. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. So where can people find out more about your stress mom system? Yeah. So my course is on Thinkific, but the best place for people to connect with me is on Instagram. I'm at less underscore stressed underscore moms. And I try to post helpful content um, that can help them every day. And then there is a link in my bio that takes them um, to more information about my course. Perfect. Awesome. So any moms out there who are feeling the pinch and you know you, you know you could be a lot more present, you know, with your kids and in your life, um, absolutely check out Kelly's work. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. I know there is going to be a lot of women who can resonate with where you are and how you got here. I think it's a very similar story to a lot of women, but like you sharing your journey of following your soul's voice and your intuition, I think is immensely helpful to a lot of people. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me, Jennifer. And thank you for doing your podcast, because I think when we keep sharing the message, we we can keep changing lives. Yeah. Honored to have you as a listener.
So everybody, until next time, and if you liked the show, I would love it if you would give it a rating or review or even better, pass it on to a friend, especially if you know of a stressed mom friend, so that we can get the podcast out to a wider like-minded audience. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in. 